Hello and welcome everyone to Gunpowder Treason No Plot. I am your DMN host, as always, Adam Cookson, and I'm joined by my three co-hosts, Matt Dennis, Flo Dennis, and James Bunkle. Say hello! 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 Words. Words indeed, for this is a podcast. <laughs> also gestures, but you can't see those. Yeah, sad times. We don't do Twitch streaming yet. <laughs> Uh, they will be reprising their roles as Tommy Hawkins, our gunslinger rogue Sophia Landrin, our fighter cleric and Rogar McLeod, our paladin sorcerer and these three have got themselves into an interesting situation a little bit of a mystery going on a little bit of disease, a little bit of death you know, all the fun stuff we we literally just wanted some horses, man. <laughs> That's all we all we wanted. <laughs> when I said oh, well. actions have consequences, I didn't say that they would be proportional. <laughs> As Sophia found out when she stabbed a snake. Yeah. Two snakes. Well, yeah, but the second one was a little bit more obvious. <laughs> yeah. Oh well. You make your own bed. You do. You really do. <sighs> Start a couple of beers, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Tommy's doing all right. Got your poison yeah, cured. Uh, at the moment, actually, I'm 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 pretty happy. Although I don't want to make another save. Funnily enough. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> uh. <laughs> well, let's recap last episode, shall we? Our heroes, Tommy and Sophia, decided to join in on the Feast of Martyrs. And they had a interesting way to kind of round off the festivities, and that was to go on a hunt. So Tommy and Sophia, Sophia acting a little strange, actually, kind of getting into this more than uh, Tommy expected, decided to go with the locals to go uh, hunt down some vicious monsters. Their new friend, Cranick, led them on a merry jaunt around the town, and they found a monster, horrible creature, who actually turned out to not be as horrible as you expected. It was just a normal half-elf woman running through the streets. But Cranick and his friends were pretty certain this was a horrible, shadowy, tentacled, multiple-eyed monster that was going to kill you all any second. And when Tommy and Sophia kind of refused to kill this woman, you know, just on principle, Kranich attacked you all, and a little bit of a melee ensued. But hey, our heroes were victorious, Kranich died, and it turned out he was covered nearly head to toe in that horrible grey rash that is affecting Sophia. Meanwhile, Rogar was making his way to the town of Bloodhome, finally, and he was met by R4 and Rose the Axebeak, <laughs> who is still alive somehow. <laughs> I'm not sure how Yay! many of your previous lasted more than one session. <laughs> <laughs> well, it wasn't there when we had the fight, so that's why. That's true. Yeah. I would have had Krennic kill it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Rogar met up with them, and instead of immediately running into Tommy and Sophia, he went and had a chat with good old Father Eli, who seems a fine sort. Good, good buddy of Rogar's already. And Rogar got invited to uh, cap off the festivities later that night and hell, maybe even join in some uh, good old religious debate back and forth. Compare deities and doctrines and all that fun stuff. 
Rogar agreed and went off to find Tommy and Sophia so he could tell them that he's made a new friend too. And it turns out Tommy and Sophia were no longer on the same wavelength as Father Eli, as Tessera kind of told them, shit's crazy around here, everyone keeps trying to kill everyone, and frankly, it's too late for you to run because Sophia's already infected. Hooray! Yeah. <laughs> I'm fine. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Rogar tried to cure Sophia to no avail, which was a little bit confusing and horrifying. But you made your way hmm. to Tessa's house. You had a bit of a chat about what had been going on in the town. Apparently one night, uh, about a month or so back, something happened. There was some sort of strange storm, lots of color, something in the sky, maybe a meteor, maybe a comet, maybe just a star that was a bit bright, who knows. But that next morning, good old Jericho, the town executioner, was all a fluster, came to the town hall meeting and grabbed Father Eli and the great digger Luther and said, I need some holy men to help me the fuck out. And ever since that day where they went up to the hill, they ain't been acting quite right. Our uh, half-orc Jericho has been a little bit uh, stoic, a little bit grumpy, and barely speaks to anyone. Father Eli abandoned his old temple, set up a new congregation, and is uh, acting mighty strange. And Gravedigger Luther just never came back. Dug his own grave, perhaps. Hey. Perhaps. But um, mm. before you all went to sleep, because the initial plan was you were going to go straight up to that hill in the morning and check out what the fuck went down... Rogar remembered Father Eli's mention of some sort of capstone celebration. So you all went off, and, well, there was a big pyre raised. Some tiefling you'd never met before had been tied to a stake and was about to be burnt alive when Tommy, with his uh, excellent vision, spotted that this man was not quite as beaten up as he seemed, or at least not quite as incapacitated as, as he was pretending to be. And he dropped something into that fire that blew the whole stage up, sending everyone to the floor. That's where we're going to pick right back up. Mm. Oh, so, shit. Yeah, big boom. Big boom. Yeah. So, Rogar, you were in the crowd, uh, not quite yep. like at the front. You just started to mingle in a little bit to try to get a view. Father Eli had given his speech and was setting fire to this uh, poor, helpless gentleman. And Tommy was a little way back upon a bit of, like, scaffolding, clinging to the roof, trying to get a good view without getting too close to the strange grayness that clings on to buildings and uh, objects. Because it's not been too good every time someone's walked into that. Nope, I do not like making saves. And and so, yeah, boom. Everyone gets knocked over who was in the direct vicinity. You hear Father Eli cry out in anger. And Rogar, you watch as this, say, dark blue-skinned tiefling leaps out of the flames, kind of does a bit of a roll to pat some of it down, grabs a small bag from nearby, and starts running through the crowd as quickly as he can. Okay. What do um, you and Tommy do? Can I dimension door and, like, to him? Oh, you can do. I'll have to... Yeah, I mean, you can assume, do that. Yeah, um, yeah, because I don't. To be fair, I don't really know where he's going, and I mean, well, how far how far away is he? Just just out of interest. Um, I'd say you probably weren't getting too close to the stage, so he was probably about 150 feet away, maybe 100. So would I would I be able to? Because 
like, I, I want a dimension door to him, but mm -hmm. what I basically want to know is, can I dimension door to him around the corner, or do I have to dimension door to him in front of everybody? Um, so he is running essentially through the crowd that got knocked over and into the nearest alleyway he can get to. You could yep. dimension door like next to him as he's going into the alleyway and try just immediately run with him. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Okay then. Rogar, as the crowd are all sort of bewildered, you whip around Eclipse, cut a hole in reality and jump through and appear right next to this tiefling who is running for his life as this large armored monster of a dragonborn slash ghoul <laughs> appears next to him. Can I? Hmm, I wonder. I'm thinking maybe I should misty step over there as well. You would have to move into the grey to do that. So there, if you think of like the town uh, centre, okay. you're a little way back to get your view. You can try to head them off, and you can like misty step across the road if you want to not be seen, which you're going to have to make a little circuitous path. But Tommy, while Rogar does that, do me a perception check, because Father Eli is okay. getting back to his feet, and I want to see if you see something. Okay. Hey, come on, give me that perception. A uh, 30. So, I hope I do. <laughs> With a 30, you yes. watch as Father Eli gets to his feet and he shouts out, Jericho! Jericho, get your ass over here! As the large half-orc pushes himself to his feet and runs over to Father Jericho. And with a 30, you catch that Father Jericho dips his hand into something inside his robes and wipes what looks like a liquid across Jericho's face. And you just make out over the just tumultuous din of the crowd and the fire. You hear, you go kill that son of a bitch as Jericho runs off in the direction of the tiefling. Oh crap. Right, I might see if I can try and um, give rogues a bit of backup, So, but I'm going to try and stay out of sight at the moment and stay out of the grey if I can. Hmm. So I might do some um, do some parkour over the roofs if that's possible. Okay, well, if you're going to go the uh, parkour route, do me some acrobatics checks. Not something we do too often. Mm. Not something I'm very good at either, so that's probably why we don't do it very often. Are you trying to be let's give it a go. as well? Because give me a stealth too. Ye yeah. Um, with advantage, because uh, of your cloak. Cool. Let's, let's, start, let's start with a, with, a, um, with a stealth check with advantage. Let's do that a bit first. Because it's all going to go tits up if I... That's a 31, so... Yeah, <laughs> that's fine. Um, Alright, acrobatics, stealthily. Mm. Uh, I mean, how far could I... Should I misty step? I do it once a day. Um, I'll say what how... Misty Stepping will do will make this quicker for you, essentially. So you could, like, Misty Step across the road and start heading their direction sooner than if you were going a longer way around. Yeah, let me do that. I'll go, I'll go across the road, Misty Step, and then I'll, um, I'll, I'll clamber over the rooftops, trying to stay away from um, any any signs of the grey. And then, yeah, do you, do you need me to make one acrobatics? Or... Yeah, let's just go with one acrobatics. Let's see how this plays out. Okay. Uh, 17. Oh, phew. So. That's okay. I can live with that. <laughs> can you? I was, I was, I was worried. I was thinking, I've got a thirty and a thirty-one. The next roll is going to be like a nat one. <laughs> Not too bad from old Tommy there. So you run to the edge of the rooftop, kind of leap, do a little bit of a flip, and then all of a sudden, misty step. You disappear into this sort of um, brief flash of little 
black spectral feathers as Tommy disappears and reappears on a rooftop across the road and just starts leaping across from uh, chimney to roof to chimney to roof type thing, trying to get to Rogar and this man as quickly as possible. So while you're making your way over, Rogar, you appear next to this man. Do you say anything immediately? Because he is in a little bit of shock and is going to just try get past you and keep going. Um, to be fair, um, I suppose if, I, I'm, I, I'm Dimension Door and I'm running alongside him, I'm guessing, if he's if he's running. Mm-hmm. Right, okay. I didn't know if I had to tackle him or not. Uh, if you tackle him, he'll, he'll try to stop his movement. You can attempt to grapple him. See, I don't know, because they've obviously seen him run down this alleyway, so I might do that, you know, when we've run a couple of different things. Uh, you know, taking a couple of different um, directions. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what I'll actually say uh, as I come up next to him is, um, you want to get somewhere safe? Follow me. Uh, okay, do me a persuasion. See if this man believes you. Oh, wait, I'll have disadvantage anyway, won't I? Sorry. You will? So it's a nine. Nine. He should, should, have, should have gone with the, come with me if you want to live. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid mask. (laughs) (laughs) He looks at you, and you know your words aren't very persuasive at the best of times, and you you kind of say it half half heartedly, like, "Oh fuck it, I might have to just grab this guy." But as his vision kind of focuses on you for a moment, he goes, "Pallet one, yes, lead on," and he kind of just falls in behind you if you start running. Okay, so I'm going to start running towards Tess's house. Okay, so as you and this man are running along, do me a perception check, Rogar, and he's going to do one as well. Based on sight, smell, hearing. Ooh, interestingly for you, ooh, I'd let you do smell. Excellent. F- 14. Ashton. <laughs> That's... Not quite good enough. So, yes, Rogar, you are too caught up in the moment to notice anything as you continue running through the alleyways. Eventually, though, you do see Tommy just on a rooftop a little bit further down the road. I'm not I'm not going to try and draw attention to myself. I'm just going to give Rogar a nod when I notice he sees me. Mm. As if to say, you know, I've got your back. I'm up here. Okay, that's cool, because... What are you going to do from up there? Uh, He's going to... Guns. Yeah, he's going to his rifle and shoot Jericho in the head when he kills this poor tiefling man, and then probably me for running alongside him. (laughs) You know know that bit in the Matrix when he just walks through the metal detector and he opens his coat and he's just covered in guns? That's that's what Tommy looks like all the time. (laughs) (laughs) He's got pads between them to stop him clanking as he walks. So... um, (laughs) Speaking of all that, Tommy, from where you are, you do me a perception check. I may have put may have put all my perception in earlier, but let's give it a go. A 29. 29. You spot, coming out of the alleyway a little bit further behind Rogar, probably about 150 feet away, Jericho. Um, take a shot. Is, is, Rogar, is Rogar still staring at me, or has he looked down away again now? I assume Rogar's running towards you at this point. The, if he looks the up... The tiefling man certainly is. He's not hanging about. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to, with, 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 with a flourish, I'm going to whip my rifle out as very, very obviously um, so that Rogar will see it. But hopefully, so the guy who's not not uh, spotted me yet, I'm still still stealthed, 
isn't going to spot me mm-hmm. until after I've taken the shot. So, sort of, yeah, with a, with, a, with a flourish, I whip the rifle out, swing it round, and draw a bead on this motherfucker's head. Okay. So, effectively, Tommy, with your stealth, if we're entering into initiative here, you would be getting a shot on a uh, surprised Jericho as he's running up the street. So... Are you taking the shot in your surprise round as we're coming around? Or, well, in the first round? Because if so, we should be rolling some initiative, or are you doing something else? I think I'm going to have to take the shot, aren't I? Yeah, probably. Because without... I, I, I don't really want to give my position away, but at the same time, I don't really want to see what happens when this motherfucker catches up to you. Um, the screen well, is currently blank, but I can see cooked and measuring shit. <laughs> you know it's good. That's good when he's when he's factoring in that range. So, let's uh, let's do a few things. Yeah, if, uh, what you do will depend on what I do. So, I mean, it's it's kind of got to be really. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and save my mate Rogar. Um, I don't really give too much of a shit about this tiefling, but it would be really nice to know what intel he's got and if. Uh, this dude gets too close to them. So I'm guessing he's, he's behind them at the moment. Is he out of... Yeah. You can see yeah. him, I say. I'm just not putting it on the map for the moment. Right, that's fine. So... Um, yeah, if he if he gets too... If, if he gets too close to them, I don't know what um, Father Eli's done to him or given him what he rubbed on him that, that may make him somewhat more of a bitch to fight. But I feel like, you know, in the, in the heat of the moment... Tommy's drawn a bead. Uh, let's take the shot. Do it. Okay, well, Tommy, roll me some initiative. And Rogar as well. 18 from me. Ooh. Uh, 25 from me, which is I about see. right, in fairness. <laughs> Show off. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> all, all these great rolls before we hit combat. <laughs> huh. So, round one. Tommy, you are the only person effectively not surprised by this as you uh, spotted the man approaching. And he hasn't spotted you, so what are you doing? I'm going to take a shot with my rifle. It's just a regular shot, isn't it? There's no advantage or anything. Just um, I'm sorry, is there one there? You would have advantage because he is surprised and you're attacking... Actually... You're attacking from hidden, so he can't see you, yep. and he's surprised, which means he's missing his turn. So you would have advantage from being hidden. Um, you would have disadvantage from the lack of light. So I would say roll okay. straight up. Okay. Is but do I get my do I get my sneak attack technically because it's still an advantage, or is that no. negated by the disadvantage as well? Yeah, because the okay. disadvantage you wouldn't get sneak. I'm assuming straight this up, is going more to deter him than kill him, but. Uh, to you. Yeah, um, so it's a twenty. It's a 17 uh, with 22 damage if it hits. Uh, 17 Ooh, is good enough. Oh, phew. Do you also get, like, sneak attack because you're a rogue? I don't it? because oh, I yeah. don't have advantage. Oh, that's what, that's well, what I was that's what I was asking about. <laughs> so if, I'd had, if I'd had advantage on that shot, then I would have got my sneak attack bonus on top. But I did not. Which is annoying. <laughs> yeah, but it's alright. If we get into a flank chain, I'll be able to use it. Yeah. Can you be in a flank if you're high up? Well, if I jump down, I can. Okay. Or if he climbs up, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Tommy, you watch as your first shot takes Jericho completely unaware. 
as it smashes into his chest. You make good contact, but it barely seems to slow him down. So, free flourish, put that, put that away, and pull out the last rights. And for my second attack, um, I should have spent a grip point on that last one. Actually, um, I think I've got. I think I've got one left. I can't just remember last time. Um, I think I've. I'm, to be completely honest, with I, I, I think I'm pretty sure I've got one left anyway. So, ah, so I'll use my 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 grip point to to get advantage on this shot anyway, which means I'll get to use sneak attack damage on top mm-hmm. if I hit uh, a 26 and 15 damage. Plus my D6, another three damage on top of that. Plus my D4 for the last rights, uh, another two damage on that. So twenty damage on that one. So nice, nice. That's not bad. Forty-two damage in in a round. Take it. Yeah. And I, and I haven't used my my um my bonus action because we said we did say didn't we that we we wouldn't I wouldn't use that. Yeah. I when think. I've switched guns. Yeah. So, you offload a couple of shots into Jericho, and, well, he barely clearly sees you, but it's Rogar's turn first. You, Rogar, just hear behind you a guttural scream of just pure anger, not of pain. Okay, um, do I, do I have any idea how far away I am from, um, Tessa's house? Um... You're probably about ten minutes away from it. If you can lose Jericho, you'd think you'd be able to get there. Uh, I'm going to cast Darkness. Oh, interesting. Um, to cover this as much of this area as I can. Um, if two seconds. I think it's. Oh well, it's it's technically it's Drain Light. Yes, which is the Darkness spell. It's just uh, Eclipse's version of it, which I think yes. is a fifteen foot radius. I always forget. It's fifteen or twenty. Uh, why have I not written that down? <laughs> uh, darkness is a 15-foot radius sphere. Okay, so I'm going to cast that. I kind of want to do it so so that I cover us, but also like this. Um, there's like an alleyway up to the uh, what I would call the north of us, up to the top, like the top of us. I want to be able to like move into there. So I kind of want to cover the area we're in mm-hmm. and be able to sh- to be able to shoot up there. Um, you know, try and get as uh, try and try and get as a a, a split second because he can't see through it. So at least I assume he can't see through it. You hope he can't see through it. Well, if he's if he's a normal half orc, he can't see through it. If he's got devil's sight, then he's something up different altogether, and that's a bit worried. Hmm. <laughs> uh, so basically, you're trying to cover this area so that you can what run past this uh, tiefling, grab him, and pull him with you down the alleyway. I don't. I don't particularly. I don't particularly want to fight it. At, at the end of the day, I want to get us out of there if I can. So this is going to be the first thing that I'm going to try and do. Okay. Fine then. So you pull out Eclipse and you watch as the light from the area, what little light there actually is, dims completely. And uh, Tommy, you get a great view of this as just this sphere of complete darkness coalesces around Rogar, this tiefling man that he's pulling along with him, and the alleyway nearby, and. Rogar, you uh, pull the tiefling down the alleyway and kind of continue your turn. Uh, yep, yep. Okay. So, um, so I, I want to, I want to keep run, running essentially. Mm-hmm. So you're trying to disappear off. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Is... Get out of it. So you and the tiefling will run down this alleyway, and it's his turn next anyway. So he's just going to go with you. 
And that means it's Jericho's turn. Tommy, he looks up at you. Can he see me? Am I over, over 15 feet high? Um, What, you're on top of a roof? You know what? Mm -hmm. Regardless, you shot him in the face so he can see you. But he's okay. going to make a check anyway just to uh, do something else. And this is with advantage. That's always nice. So with a natural 20. You watch as Jericho sniffs the air and leaps against the building nearby and rapidly climbs up it. Oh shit. Oh crap. Doesn't seem to take him any effort whatsoever. And he's still trying to head now towards you, Tommy. Oh shit. Okay. Run! <laughs> so, Tommy, it will be your turn first, and obviously as a rogue you can attempt to rehide and things like that, but right now he's heading towards you. Yeah, I'm, um... Also, I think... I'll say this, Tommy, with your perception. You notice as he's climbing up, those wounds you caused him are healing. Oh, fuck. His you know how, um... Back together. Is that the same stuff that... Oh, Carrick. Oh. Not Carrick. What's his name? The guy that we just killed earlier. He had some stuff put on him by yes. Eli. Tommy yeah, he did. remember that, yeah. He, uh, yeah, he did. He his head with something. Do you think he's not dead? <laughs> Maybe he's pretty dead. Wait, he might not be. I mean, he could have started healing again because he's got some special oil. Uh, I think he was, he, was, he was slightly hard to kill than perhaps he should have been. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe he is still alive. I'm just saying. Anyway. Uh, yes. So, at my turn, yeah, I'm going to, because it's dark, I'm going to see if I can duck down and if there's a chimney or something and I can try and, try and hide again. Okay. So... Makes the most sense. Tommy, you start to try to run away and, yeah, do your hide action, which, again, is with advantage still, because of your cloak. Uh, 30 again. 30. <laughs> so... Yeah. As Rogar and the Tiefling are running away, and Tommy is now hiding, essentially, to throw Jericho off the trail, we're going to kind of move out of initiative now, and I'm basically just going to settle this on one roll. So, Tommy, you got a 30. So, Jericho is going to roll something and see if he spots you. Oh, dear. And it would be with advantage, but because of your cloak, specifically, it tells me it uh, doesn't give him advantage, essentially. He gets a disadvantage, so it uh, balances out. Okay. Good. <laughs> are, you, are you rolling this live for us to see? Uh, I got 17. So it's not good okay. enough, Mr. Stealthy Stealth. Phew. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if, you, if he'd beaten a 30, then all bets are off. I'd probably just have walked out from my hiding place and been like, yeah, you got me, bruh. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do shit. <laughs> so, Tommy, you kind of slink down behind a chimney as this large half kind of leaps onto your building. And you watch again as he kind of sniffs the air, and you huddle down in that cloak of elven kind, and just for a brief moment pray to whatever Tommy believes in, even if it's just himself, that he doesn't spot you. And after a few moments of him just sniffing the air around you, whether by dumb luck, skill, a good bit of wind, or the magic of the cloak, he starts to move on past you. And you get a good look that those wounds you caused him, you see where his clothing tore from the shots, there's no blood. There's no wounds. They're completely healed. Man, I miss Handrel, but he left me the best present when he died. 
He did. <laughs> cloak. I tell you. Fucking hell. Well, so I'm gonna. I'm, well, yeah, I'm, I was just gonna say I, I will. I will be staying here for a little while before I'm making my way back. Sounds like a good plan. While all this excitement's going on, let's uh, check in with Sophia. <laughs> I'm asleep. You're asleep. Are you just like curled up on the couch? Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm using Charlie, the little boy, as a as a as a cushion. Still <laughs> <laughs> oh, slightly creepy, but less so than if Rogar had said it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, Sophia, you're lying down on the couch. You and Charlie are both sleeping there. Um, you kind of got your head rested on him a little bit because he doesn't really want to move, and both Harold and Tessa are a little concerned about you, and you're not really certain why they're so concerned. Uh, they try feeding you and making sure you're comfortable. In fact, they seem oddly worried about you, despite you not really feeling any reason to be worried. After about a half hour of you sort of lying there trying to get some rest, you shift slightly and you feel like a dryness on your cheek. And it's enough to make you, like, irritate you enough to open your eyes. And you kind of push up off the sofa and you notice this weird dustiness, this grey dust on your cheek. And you kind of paw at it, but it just comes away. And you look down at Charlie's side and you see where his shirt is pulled up a little bit. And the entire side is not only grey and cracked, it's started to disintegrate. Just little chunks falling away. It's flake. His skin's, like, flaking off. Bit. That's it's gross. And kind of <laughs> scramble away from him and then kind of see if there's anything more on me. You don't notice much more on you, but you do notice your own rash seems to be getting a lot worse. It's now covered most of your arm. Am I concerned about this rash? It's generally concerning, but it doesn't put a damper on this nice town you found. Oh, that's true. I mean... If this rash is the cost of of this lovely abode, then fuck it. Um, guys, you might want to have a look at your son. He's kind of um, peeling away. Crispy. Um, both of his parents kind of come running over and look at him. And Tessa kind of shakes her head and just goes to her husband. I don't think he's going to last much longer. And then they both sort of look at you and you see that sadness back in their eyes again. Come now, dear. You, sh- you should get some rest. Don't, don't, don't worry about Charlie. Um, there's a bed upstairs if you want it. Huh. Don't mind if I do. I think I'm gonna have the best night's sleep I've had in a while here. I don't know why you guys want to leave. It's lovely. Oh, I, I hope you do sleep well. They're gonna fuck off in the middle of the night, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, where's Rose? And where is R four? Uh, R4 was basically just awake in the room. He's basically he's like staring out the window, kind of keeping watch, waiting for Tommy and Rogar to return. Um, Rose, the axe beak, I assume he's just curled up in the kitchen. Like big cat. Okay, so there's someone to um, watch out. I might yeah, as well just fucking go to bed. That's the reason I left R4 there, is specifically to watch out. That's what yeah. he's doing. And I'm not going to give too much of a fuck. I'm just going to go upstairs. Okay. Have a nice lie down. <laughs> Sounds good. Okay, then. So back to our other little group. Eventually, Tommy, you feel it's safe and you continue on and it doesn't take you too long to kind of catch up to Rogar and this tiefling who are taking a little bit more of a circuitous path round to make sure they lose Jericho. But the pair of you can meet back up en route to Tessa's. 
Cool. Um, well, I'll be. I'm gonna build them in on what happened after they ran off, escape. Just say, yeah, he fucking. Um, it's like I never shot him in the first place. He had the holes in his clothing, but no wounds, no blood, nothing. I don't know what was fueling him, but I'll and I'll tell him what I saw about um, Father Eli slipping him something. You say that I saw the same. I saw the same when the guy was being anointed. Okay, and so. some kind of drug, ill potion, blessing. I don't know what, but fucking made him into a monster, even more of a monster than a pissed off half orc he's normally. Hmm. Well. I mean, it's safe to say we're lucky that we got out of there. We are, um, yeah. And um, I believe we saved this gentleman's life. Yeah. The gentleman looks at the pair of you kind of back and forth for a moment and goes, Indeed, it seems I do owe you my life. My name is Lucius. Am I, well, by any chance, speaking to... He kind of looks at you and goes, Tommy? And looks at Rogar and goes, And you would be Rogar, correct? Uh... Tommy's going to kind of grip at his weapon slightly and go, and how did you come across our names? I'd say Rogar is also looking rather quizzical at this man. He kind of looks away and sort of curses under his breath a little bit and goes, well, it seems I've lost a bet at the very least. A friend of mine told me that I would encounter the pair of you and... He kind of looks around and goes, there should be a third. Hey, Sophia? Yeah, she's um, she's a bat. Look, we'll, we'll tell you more when you tell us how the fuck you know us, mate. Oh, we should probably find somewhere a little bit safer to have a longer conversation about this, but to give you the highlights, I'm afraid I don't know either of you, but I do know of both of you. A friend of mine is a peculiar sort, he can see things others cannot, and he told me that while I was here in Bloodholm, I would meet three of you, and that it would be quite fateful. This uh, friend of yours got a name? I'm going to hold up the head of the seer, which I still have, <laughs> but doesn't have a lot of flesh left on it. It's like, is it this guy? Um, I'm afraid it is not that man, no. That man seems very dead. <laughs> Well, Rogar is looking very disappointed. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, um, before before he starts, it's probably not another corpse <laughs> head that you've got stashed away there, Rogar. <laughs> it's just, is it this one? No. Yeah. How, about, how about this one? How about? Well, no? exactly. I don't, I don't want to scare this man away just yet. <laughs> oh, you know, people with visions. Uh, you know, there's 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 only one pe- one person who has visions that I trust. And uh, man, I miss that guy's voice. <laughs> Rogar looks off into the into the stars. <laughs> One of them <laughs> flares a little bit with a green corona. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I don't think you know the man either, to be honest with you. His name will not mean much, but he is an acquaintance of mine, someone I suppose you could say work for a lot of the time. He's called Oswald Underhill. He's a wizard. Underhill sounds like a made-up name to me. I'm going to insight check him. Go for it. See a hobbit. Uh, straight up eleven, which is a beautiful roll from Tommy there. <laughs> uh, as far as you know, he's telling the truth. Yeah, it's a slightly um, peculiar name, but he is a halfling. I think it's more common for them. 
All right, then. Well, hmm. I think he was in the Fellowship of the Ring. You reckon? Yeah. Uh, or maybe he was just pretending to be. Yeah, maybe. It's actually Frodo. <laughs> All right. If, okay. So, so this this Mister Underhill. What did, what exactly did he tell you? Oh, he was a little bit cryptic as he usually is, but he said that on my trip here, I would have a fateful meeting with three people who have been touched by things I shouldn't know about. Listen, mate, don't stop talking about my uncle right now. <laughs> 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 Look, uh, my friend, I don't wish to pry into your past, but I think he was talking about something a little bit more recent. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, of course he was. Sorry. <laughs> Tommy looks slightly sheepish now. <laughs> are, are we still heading towards Tess's house or not? Yeah. Uh, we are, we, we are, but I think, I, I, well, I, I would have slowed us down once he mentioned that he knew who we were. Um, and I'm not particularly keen on, wasn't particularly keen on leading him any further that direction until he explained himself a little bit. Because we don't, we, I mean, we, we may have rescued this guy, but it could have all been an elaborate trap to fuck us. And yeah. Tommy's feeling pretty paranoid these days, just generally. Always were, really. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it was a character trait. <laughs> he does, I mean, he looks at you guys anyway and kind of goes, Well, you said you were leaving me somewhere safe. Where would that be? My name is Lucius, by the way. I don't know if I introduced myself in all the uh, chaos back there. Lucius, well, you you are going to have a bit more explaining to do, mate. But we're, can, we're gone, Rogue. Uh, can I just can I just paralyze him because, like, you know, I can. I mean, you can attempt to attack him with your claw if you want. I don't. I don't want to attack him. I just kind of want to put my put my hand on his, you know, on it on his shoulder and just be like and sleep. Yeah, that would constitute <laughs> an attack. <laughs> I mean, you could you could you could put your creepy hand on his shoulder anyway without trying to paralyze him just to creep him out a bit that's fine i'll do that then <laughs> all right mantis <laughs> uh, yeah. So... yeah i'm just gonna i'll just put my hand on his shoulder not in not so much in an intimidating way but in, in in a fashion that he knows look this we found this pretty pretty odd and he's going to have to do some more talking to convince us to help him some more well if you want to stand about on the street while some Half mad, half orc is chasing us down. Fine. Look, I've been here about a day or so. I've been trying to figure out exactly what's going on. I only came here because a friend of mine sent a letter. Her name's Tessa. I don't know if you've seen any sign sign of her anywhere, but she called on me for help. She said she was in trouble. Well, that makes a lot of sense. This this uh, this, this Tessa. Uh, <laughs> what, what, what does what does she look like? Uh, she's a half elf. But, well, it's young for a half elf, I suppose. Maybe tending towards middle aged. I wouldn't know who that is, so yeah. Yeah, you would. Yeah, you met. Yeah, you met. However, mm-hmm. you know? yeah, you oh, met. Yeah. Okay. With a son, Charlie. Yeah. And a really old husband. Oh yeah. But yeah. <laughs> but if you um, so I'm, I'm just gonna yeah. And um, what colour hair does she have? Um, kind of a silvery dark hair. And that's that's um, that's right, isn't it? Yeah, he, uh, he gives uh, you a general description. Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. That was I mean, a really I, weird question to ask, man. That wasn't what, what, it? What kind of, no, 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 because I, I would have seen her. So what yeah, I'm basically yeah. what I'm basically yeah. trying to do is is do, do it does this match the description of the lady? He's not trying to just use somebody's name that that he knows lives in this town. You know, it's it's a, he does actually know who she is. Yeah, this is all completely wrong. She is clearly a robot. 
he kind of <laughs> sees what you're doing and he sort of nods and goes yes and gives a description of her and says I'm also well acquainted with her husband Harold and this boy Charlie right well you'll forgive my um my paranoia but that's exactly where we're going we're going to her house mate so um yeah we better get shift on because this hawk could be anywhere oh don't and worry I, I understand the paranoia i was attacked by half this uh, townsfolk here come on let's go before he catches up to us yeah ask him about that how why he was being put on a pyre and stuff yeah we i think we'll we'll we'll, we'll, we'll interrogate him some more when we get in yeah. and, and feel relatively safe mm-hmm. yeah i agree with that so yeah so we'll we'll, we'll, we'll make haste um and I'll keep an eye out, sort of perception-wise, um, behind us in case we spot the orc coming, because we don't want him to turn around the corner just as we're walking into her house, because mm. that would be a bit shit. <laughs> Do you think um, Rogar could smell for him just in case, like he was like, around the corner uh, or something? I was going to say, do you want me to do like a perception check to see if I can smell him? Yeah, as we're getting close to the house, yeah, just to see if he's nearby. Sure, go. Well, with a five, uh, <laughs> even well, if he was. If he is there, I have no idea. Well, can, can, can I can I can I also take a look around as Rogar seems to be sniffing the inside of his um, bag of holding, and has mostly just got tail meat up his nose. <laughs> yeah, give me a uh, perception check with disadvantage, Tommy, because of the darkness. That's uh, twelve. You. Natural one, twelve. Well, pair of you don't spot shit. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> it looks generally safe as far as you can tell. You assume yep. the townsfolk are probably uh, being riled up into a blood frenzy by Eli, but so far they've not headed your way, and there's no sign of Jericho, as far as you can see. So, into the house, barricade the door. Yeah, get, get um, our four and watch yeah. outside, and well, watch through a window where you can see what's going on, mm. and yeah, and then we'll um, let, let the tearful reunion happen, I guess. Yeah, so you do get inside, you can see um, Sophia kind of... Uh, well, actually, no, you went upstairs. Oh, upstairs. You? Yeah, you're, you're already mm-hmm. fast asleep, so no. You burst into the give a shit. And uh, Tessa does come running downstairs because she's getting absolutely no rest tonight with everything going on. And <laughs> when she sees Lucius, she does kind of run up to him and just give him a big hug. And you kind of, you hear over here just go, I didn't think you were coming. At worst, I thought you had come and they'd already killed you. And he kind of nods and kind of takes a deep sigh and goes, to be honest with you, it was pretty close. Luckily, your... And he kind of goes, friends here? Had a hand in me getting away. Oh, it's all in a... All in a day's work for a pair of heroes like us. What can I say? You know? Hobos. We, two, we are... two lives saved in a night? We, we are awesome. We, you know, agents of hobo. Agents of hobo. Exactly. Um, R- 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 I was going to... Like, put a fist out to dap Tommy up. Yeah. <laughs> Damn straight. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, where's Sophia? Is she all right? Tessa kind of nods, but you see that she doesn't exactly think it's... Uh, she's in a great spot. She was the same as if she left. Um, she's gone upstairs to sleep. Yo, uh, Tommy, while you were... Uh talk to our new friend here I've, I've just had a, i've had a bit of an idea about something else i can try uh with sophia so i'm just gonna i'm just gonna go try cast this spell if you just just take me a couple of seconds and then uh i'll head back down and let you know if it's had any effect might, might might scare her a little bit more if i'm uh if she's uh you know 
asleep. Scare her a little bit more, scare her a little bit less, even. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what you're going for, shock and awe. <laughs> scare it out of her. <laughs> you never know, I might be dreaming and then Cookson's cooked up some crazy scheme. Yeah, you never know, but, you know. Um, I mean, Tommy looks a little bit like, okay. Um, but, yeah, I do want to, I, I, I guess... I trust you to go upstairs and, and do what you can for it while I, go, while I try and um, gently interrogate the nice tiefling gentleman in front of me. Yeah, yeah. I'll, uh, literally, it'll be a couple of minutes and then uh, I'll, be, I'll be right back down. I just have an hour. I just... Honestly, I forgot I had it. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, yeah, all, all right. Um, and off, I guess off you go. Yeah. Uh, do you want to do me or me first, or um, Rogar <laughs> first? Um, let's go with Rogar oh. first as he starts off upstairs. Okay. What are you doing? So, um, basically, I want I'm going to go into Sophia's room and hopefully not wake her. Um, Getting creepy. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Sophia, do me no. a perception check with disadvantage since you're asleep. Oh. Uh, sorry. What was it? Perception check. Yep. Fifty. <laughs> Uh, 15. What's your passive uh, stealth there, Rogar? I have no idea. 12. Um... So, Sophia, you wake up as Rogar clanks his way into the room. <laughs> I just, just just imagining that kind of like, you know, really, really forced quietness, like he's doing really slow, quiet, shh, bang, <laughs> bang. <laughs> hey, Rogues. Are we quiet? <laughs> I'm hunting wabbits. <laughs> Back so soon? Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to, you know, come check on you, see how you were doing. Just, you know, make sure that you're not, um, you know, you're not, you're not freaking out, you know, over this, uh, this grayness, shall we say? I mean, if this is the price for living here, I'm okay with it, dude. I'm good. Oh, oh, okay. You still feel a little bit tired there? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Fought some trolls today, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. I was, you know, that's what. Um, I, I just what. You know, I apologise for waking you. I didn't. I didn't mean to, you know, scare you or anything. I just, um, you know, let let me uh, try and help you get back to get back to sleep. I'll, uh, you know, we can. I know we don't worship the same gods and whatnot, but you know, say a little prayer. You know, each and you know. Do you, you want to uh, be the big spoon? Just come out and say it, dude. I'm not going to say no to being a big spoon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'll just turn around and just go back to sleep. <laughs> well, I try to anyway. So I, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to try something here. Um, I, I, not not so much be the yeah I suppose kind of being the big spoon, but kind of sat up while she while she's going to sleep. Mm-hmm. Um. And I want to start reading the phonetic manuscripts to her. Oh my god, this is a bad idea, dude. If I can. You can? What are you trying to do with it? Um, just uh, try and... I'm just trying to... Uh, I'm, not, I'm not... How can I put it? I'm trying to give, give her insight uh, to, so that she may understand Rogar a little better. Hmm. If you get me. Okay, I mean, I'd say just roll a religion, and we'll kind of roleplay it from there. 
on what you get. Would would my um I'd my you roll... necklace start going a bit berserk? <laughs> well, you roll me an insight. And I get advantage with that motherfucker. Well, I rolled a nine anyway, so you're going to be fine. <laughs> 21. 21. You hear Rugar start reading some passages, and they're odd. They play back and forth in your mind, and it's strange. It's like you can hear the words, but you can't at times, and it's almost like there's some level of static blocking it from your ears, like maybe your mind is acting in self-defense. Maybe it's your faith. Maybe it's your amulet. You're not certain. But in this moment, even weakened as you are, whatever he's trying to do doesn't seem to have any great effect on you. Awesome. Is it putting me to sleep, though? Yeah, you can snooze. Nice little lullaby. Oh, not... <laughs> yeah? He's just talking gibberish. Yeah. As far as you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, then... Uh... As I've noticed, she's fallen asleep. Going to try a cure wounds as I uh, uh, just before I leave, just see if it does anything at all. She feels slightly better with six HP extra if she wasn't doing before, <laughs> and uh, goes to sleep. Hey. You never know. Worth a shot. I'm glad that didn't do anything to me. I would have been pissed, dude. Well, I thought we started to get along quite well, so I thought that you know maybe. You know, maybe this is an into us actually getting along a little bit better and you're not just outright hating me. <laughs> <laughs> you had to wait until I was fucking like grey skinned. I mean I mean you should have really asked for consent first before you <laughs> tried to indoctrinate in a, into your religion. I'm just I, saying. I, I, <laughs> I got consent to spoon. Hey. <laughs> hey. I'm I'm just saying I'm just saying sp- you know, spooning's very different. And, uh, hey, look, as I said, I was trying to help her get to sleep, and did she get to sleep? Yes. It's not my fault that the only things Rogar reads are religious texts sent down by malevolent beings who hate us all. This <laughs> Rogar just sat on the bed going, and on the fifth day they stripped the skin from our flesh. And on the sixth day, they devoured our eyeballs and dipped us into the acid. (laughs) And Sophia just kind of curling up into the pillow. Rogar, can you get me a glass of water? (laughs) (laughs) Unzip. So, Tommy, while unholy gods knows what is going on upstairs... (laughs) And uh, Lucius, sit down and start having a chat. What are you asking him? <laughs> what am I asking him? Um, so, look, just uh, start from the start, mate. What what on earth are you doing here? I mean, I get that Tessa called you down and stuff, but look, can you just explain your story, mate? Well, it's not that complicated, if I'm honest with you. I received a letter from Tessa asking for help. When I, well, when I spoke with Oswald, he did his usual thing of wanting to consult with the shadows, as he calls it. And he came back from his little sequestered moment, rambling on about a bunch of things. That's where he mentioned the three of you by name. He said that we would have some sort of fateful encounter. He told me to be careful, that Bloodholm had something wrong with it, a sickness that... 
seemed to go beyond just the flesh, sickness of body and the mind. He told me that I should pack for any eventuality, and uh, luckily he did. I think that's the only way I had on hand a few things that would help me get out of that pyre. Cryptic though the uh, old man is, he does say useful things every now and again. But anyway, Tessa is a, a very old friend of mine, in fact, we're basically family. Her, I uh, grew up with her family, with uh, Harold as well, a long time ago now, before I uh, set out into the world, and, well, I certainly wasn't going to leave her here when she sounded so desperate for help. But not knowing what was going on and having been warned to caution, I decided to examine the town a little bit. Um, when I got here, every person I met was incredibly hostile, which is... Strange. I've been here plenty of times before, and no one's acted like that previously. So I started being a bit uh, stealthier, sticking to the shadows, listening in on conversations, and eventually I heard a bunch of them talking about how they were going to a uh, sermon. I followed a group of them to what looked like a relatively new church that had been built in the town. I remember there used to be a temple of Kalemvor, and Tessa sort of nods and goes, yeah, it's, it's been abandoned as of late. And Lucius kind of nods back and goes, Yes, well, I went to this new church that they'd set up and I saw that man, the one who tried to set me on fire, that Father Eli. He was leading a bizarre sermon. He kept talking about the sky above us, the stars, the colors, how the light will burn away all that we were and make us new and things like that. Just crazy gibberish. The inside of his church was strange as well. It was painted floor to ceiling with some weird mural that was just swirls of color and light all reaching up to a dark void of the heavens. Rather trippy if you ask me, but I've never been one for religious institutions, so who knows. Maybe that's not too strange with that sort. I will say the strange thing I saw was towards the end of the sermon, he, he asked every member of his congregation to come up towards him and he pulled out this it's like a little clay pot some sort of liquid and every single person there he dipped his thumb in the liquid and kind of marked their heads and after a few moments it had disappeared i couldn't even really see what he'd done but he took the time to mark each and every one in turn and i will say of the faces i recognized out today every single one of them was part of his congregation so yeah that's I think that's exactly what I saw him mark the um, the Arthork with before he sent off tearing after you guys. Yeah, well, I thought after I saw that I'd try to investigate a little bit more. I wanted to seek out the mayor. He's, I remember him being a good man, uh, Mayor Bertrand. So I went to the town hall, found the doors locked, and as I was stood outside I was trying to pick the lock and I could hear the strangest sounds coming from inside. like wailing or something. It was very peculiar. But unfortunately, it took me too long to get through the door, and that massive half-orc cracked me around the back of the skull and knocked me unconscious. shouldn't have let my guard down, but, well, happens to the best of us, I suppose. Anyway, next thing I know, I'm bound, I'm gagged, I'm beaten, and I'm about to be loaded up onto a pyre. They've taken my gear, and he kind of holds up that bag he grabbed before he ran away. So, luckily... He uh, hadn't got around to burning it yet or giving it out to their townsfolk. So, 
As I said, I was a little bit lucky that Oswald had warned me to prepare for anything. I had one of these, and he kind of pulls out this little uh, pouch. It's a very tiny pouch from the, his back pocket. And he goes, one of these, a little bit of fire, nice big explosion. How many you got of them? Tommy's eyes immediately light up. Uh, got a few, got a few. And he uh, reaches into his pocket and he pulls out four of them. You got any of those to spare? <laughs> no. You just like loud bangs. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you noticed, but I've got a um, perchant for the small-scale devastating explosive. Yeah, I noticed you fire that thing. I've never seen something like it before. What the hell was that? Some sort of magical weapon? Not magic, no. No. Don't hold a huge truck in magic, although I will admit that it comes in handy now and again. And I'll um I won't whip out um the last right, so I'll whip out um my regular pistol. Hmm. Um with with the um the famed flourish as I do, but this time holding it butt first towards him. He kind of looks at it a little bit like, the fuck are you handing me a little metal rod for? I see. So, wonderful thing called gunpowder. I mean, I guess you could call it um, alchemy. Uh, bit of that down the barrel. One of these rounds here. Click. Pull the trigger. I won't do that. And bang. This small lead ball goes shooting out faster than you can see and drills a hole through whatever you're pointing it at. And then it does it again, and again, and again, until I need to reload the fucker. When you say the word alchemy, you see like his eyebrow kind of raises, and he goes, huh, that's interesting. You say you, what's that, gunpowder, do you say? Yeah, 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 and I'll sort of put it away now. Um, yes, exactly right. Why, have you heard of it before? Um, well, can I see some of it? Just a little bit. Um, I suppose so. And I'll um, I'll crack some um, yeah, tiny bit of uh, fine powder out of my powder flask that I use for making ammunition. Yeah, I'll, I'll just pour it into, my, into the palm of my hand. He kind of looks at it and he kind of like he picks up like the tiniest little bit between like his uh, index finger and thumb and sort of rubs it back and forth and goes, ah, oh, black powder, gunpowder, you call it. All right, interesting. He uh, opens one of his little pouches and you see. It's got a similar consistency, and from your eyes, you can definitely tell that there is uh, gunpowder in it. But uh, do me, do me an arcana check for Tommy. Give it a punt. An eight. An eight. You That's can. I'm gonna get. Yeah, you can't really tell exactly what he's put into it, but it's some strange mix of powders. There is a little bit of gunpowder in there, even though he doesn't really know that's what it is. So he kind of open uh, ties his little pouch back to him and goes. Ugh. These are little alchemist firebombs. They're not too hard to make, but the materials can be a bit uh, difficult to come by. They're uh, quite fun. If you throw them, they kind of combust by themselves, or if you drop them to a fire like I did, big old explosion. <laughs> hey, um, can I, well, yeah, what, what other ingredients is there in that? Oh, I can write you up a list if you want. Very much so. Yeah, not a problem. And he kind of, he pulls out a bit of paper and he writes quite a number of ingredients down and hands it over to you. Some of them you see like look quite common, some of them you've never heard of, and he's like he just goes, I've been doing alchemy for a long time. These things aren't too hard to make, like I say, just some of the ingredients are a little hard to come by, but well, Oswald keeps me well supplied at least. 
Yeah, so can you like tell me a bit more about this Oswald character and your your life outside? Where are you from exactly? Well, and I'll say this in, in a more friendly way. Now we're just making some more conversation of uh, it's less an interrogation. Mm. So, well, I, I did grow up well, at least for a little bit of my life in Bloodhome, and then I uh, left and ambled around for a while. I um, worked a fair number of different jobs, did a bit of mercenary work. Considered joining the town guard for uh, Henshalah, not, not too far from this country. Uh, decided against that, because guarding is incredibly dull. Like, you just stand outside doors all day. God damn it. It's just... Might as well be dead. I mean... <laughs> to tell that to the Varadin city guards, mate. Yeah, I know, yeah. And he... Go carry him. Carry him. Yeah, yes. And yeah, so I, uh, you know, tried to earn gold in various different ways. Killed a few monsters when uh, people were too uh, weak to do it themselves or simply couldn't face what was out there got a little bit of a reputation going for a while but then uh, got got a got a hooked up with this uh, wizard guy I must admit it's a it's a long story of how we ended up hanging out a little bit boring but maybe I'll bore you another time but for the last few years at least we've been working together uh, do the odd job for him here and there he's a kind of a strange sort he needs someone to go out and do things for him Okay, well, whereabouts is that? Um, probably about about a day from here, maybe less, in fact. But unless you know the way, you never get there. Well, this, this Oswald gentleman seems like somebody we might want to speak to after all this is over. Um, I'm guessing you might be interested in why we're here. He nods and goes, well, Oswald did say that if his little portent proved accurate... I should offer an invitation to your group. Must admit, I was Gee. a little bit uncertain, given how he described the three of you, especially your uh, large friend upstairs. But he knows what he's doing, so who am I to judge? Well, yeah, you see, we're um, you know, it takes all, it takes all sorts, doesn't it, in this world? Um, seems, well, we are um, we are the three current members of the homeland office for the betterment of ashara and yeah we are we are federal agents of ashara and our headquarters was based in varadin was about to be based in varadin uh when well varadin ceased to be and i will rather than yeah I, i will i will fill him in on the fate of ashara and our escapades to escape not not a huge amount before. Only suffice to say that we we were the three that um, took down Kren and his evil regime, mm. and you know you know embellish it a little bit. Um, imagine the the story that I'm sure you've all heard as listeners to this pod, just with a few extra fucks thrown in. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of nods, gasps, disbelieves you, and shakes his head, and eventually comes around to the end of your story. Like, wow, that's. That's a lot of stuff. Damn. I mean, it's um, it's been an interesting few weeks. Well, suffice to suffice to say, walking into this place is, you know, whilst bizarre and weird and uncomfortable, is not the worst thing we've done all week. <laughs> <laughs> well then, maybe this will just be a piece of cake. We can sort out what's going on here and get the hell out of here as soon as possible. Well, I'm not sure about a piece of cake, mate. Nothing I've done in the last three weeks has been a piece of cake in the slightest. But, yeah, we've got some good minds in on it. 
and well, some maybe one good mind left. I don't know, but we're we're a handy bunch. We can generally solve problems, or at least I don't know. It feels like we we keep trying to do what we can to to save people, but things still keep going south. Like we still got this group of refugees hanging about in a trash village. We were only here for some fucking horses. And now, from what you're saying, it seems like, well, it seems like a bunch of speciesists have taken over this town, thanks to God knows what and this grey. And yeah, all I'm thinking from your story is that they treated you host- with hostility, but they were fine with me and Sophia. And I'm guessing Rogar, he seemed to be all right with them as well. But elves, half elves, and it was all. Did I notice the other people who were being who were being about to be set on fire as well? Um, uh, you didn't see think, anyone think, else being. Uh, no, you didn't see anyone else that was getting put up onto pyres. Okay, it was just our tiefling friend here. Our tiefling friend. I don't know if it's a coincidence whether it's whether it's all elves, whether it's all races. But then if it was all races except humans, then the half orc and rogar i don't know seems like a bit of a coincidence though does you know uh, i must admit i don't really know exactly what's going on here and tessa sort of shakes her head a little bit in disbelief but she doesn't really have a better answer out and she goes father eli used to be a good man i don't know what's come over him i don't know what's come over everyone whatever happened as you say it happened when they went to the house to the, the execution's house wasn't it that's where this meteorite or whatever it is came down that's where that's the epicenter ground zero if you like and our plan was to rest up tonight and then head up there fairly quietly in the morning in the early hours before too many people are about if you're um if you're up for joining us lucius sort of thinks about it for a few moments and just nods and goes well I said I'd come here and help. I think the only way I'm going to do that is if I head out with your little group and try to put an end to whatever the hell's going on here. And it doesn't sound a bad idea to me to check out the source of it all. And what, um, no offence to you all, I mean, we were kind of running away at the time, but are you skilled, experienced? You said you were considering joining the guards. You got any experience in combat? Hmm. He kind of nods and goes, well, my, uh, Youth of wanting to join the guards a long time ago, but I've uh, been around for a while since then. You do know um, you're not super familiar with tieflings, but they're human enough that you can kind of tell similar signs of age. They're not like elves, where they stay pretty much ageless. Like, you have barely any idea how old Tessa is, and she's only a half-elf. But you can see this man's probably in his 40s, and he pulls out of his bag a um, longbow. And you see in there a nice-looking short sword as well. And he goes... I've uh, had need to use these in the past. Frankly, I'm just disappointed in myself that I got attacked from behind by that damn half-orc, but uh, hopefully I can uh, repay the favour. Yeah, well, at least at the time he only knocked you out. He looked like he was prepared to tear us limb from limb when I saw him literally fucking leaping up a building earlier. I don't know, but I feel like if he gets anywhere near... um, father Eli and gets any of that shit on him we aren't going to stand a chance against him this whole so we need to, so strange we need to play this clever and I'll also explain to him about 
if, he, if he's not already aware about the grey and about the fact that it's that Sophia's been contaminated, as it were, and the plant, the flowers that we've seen, and the kind of grey um, tinge to the buildings and stuff, and feeling slightly bizarre every time you enter them. He sort of see nods. if he's got any take. Yeah, he doesn't know about all that when so you, know, you explain it to him it is new information he kind of thinks back and goes you know what? i did feel funny when i was walking around the town earlier kind of drained a little bit strange but uh, i kind of got over it and he sort of checks his arms and hands and fingers and i can't say i've noticed any rash on me at least but then again i've not been here that long though if if i suggested to you do you want to fuck off and leave this place if you didn't have to save tessa what would you say I'd be fine to never see this place ever again, but... Alright, well that seems like it's the trigger, because that's what's changed about Sophia, and that's what's changed about Tessa's boy as well. Since they've got the rash, they don't want to leave. I see. Well, that's, that's mighty insidious. Something that wants to keep them here. Yeah, only the... Something straight out of the mind of a madman, I think. Well, so... The plan is we go straight up to the source tomorrow, try to get uh, some sleep and sneak out the town as best we can. Yeah, my um, my uh, robot best friend there, R4, is going to keep an eye out for us, make sure no one sneaks up on us in the dark. But apparently, they don't seem to be too fussed once you're inside a building. I don't know why. They, at least they, Tess has been safe up to now, staying in her house. But when she goes out, that's when it gets dangerous. She nods, and Lucius goes, maybe they've not completely lost their minds yet. If it gets any worse, maybe they'll just burn the whole town to the ground. Well, let's not, let's hope not tonight, eh? Right, I, yeah, we should probably all get a bit of rest, and R4's going to wake us if any shit goes down. R4 kind of salutes you, and, uh, yeah, you can all retire for the evening. So, did I ever come back down during that conversation, or am I still upstairs with Sophia? I assumed you were just spooning. <laughs> Sounds good to me. I might, I might, I might actually, yeah, I might go and find Rogar on before I go to bed because, like, you know, uh, he's been there a while. And he said he was, good, it was going to be five minutes, then he'd be down, and I was too wrapped up in the conversation to notice before. <laughs> <laughs> this would be interesting. <laughs> you see, Rogar fully armored on the bed, attempting to spoon. <laughs> Also, put a book in his hand. <laughs> she better be alive under there. I would have put the book away if I was going in for the spoon. <laughs> I don't think you would. <laughs> <laughs> she must call the little book too. <laughs> Fuck, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> in fact, no, yeah, I, I say she must cuddle the book too. <laughs> Sophia's fast asleep at this point. She's uh, given up on the yeah. day. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think Tommy coming in would have woken me up either. Fuck you now. All right, then, whatever. Rebound quick, Sophia, don't you? Oi! <laughs> could, have, could have at least listened to your ex. When <laughs> <laughs> she warned you off him. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, Rogar gives you the gun sign. <laughs> <laughs> whatever, mate. I'm off for a tug. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm. I'm just gonna gonna go to bed. 
fuck it and but but with with prepared to sort of try and get up pretty early early enough at least to um to get out before most of them hopefully they'll they'll have been celebrating quite hard and into the night um with their blood orgy or whatever they were doing mm-hmm. and you know the town will be fairly quiet in the morning yeah okay so everyone is retiring for the evening so one last thing to uh... do as uh time moves forward sophia ah fuck <laughs> it's always a relief when it's not you <laughs> <laughs> hey 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 don't hold your breath Sophia, <laughs> yeah. make me a wisdom saving throw. But I don't wanna. Too bad. Twenty. <sighs> Jesus. You have a fitful night's sleep. The scratching gets worse and worse. But when you wake up in the morning, it seems the rash hasn't spread. Uh, Lucky. Fuck you, Cookson. <laughs> Tommy. <laughs> as you're getting yeah. ready in the morning... Make me a charisma saving throw. <laughs> oh no. Oh. <laughs> I've only got 11 charisma. <laughs> a 12. 12 is good enough because you don't have your minuses right now. Whew. On that depressing note, let's end the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the next episode's going to go so badly for us! (laughs) Couldn't give me a good ending. (laughs) Hey, 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 it's extra for a happy ending. (laughs) Uh, Rogar's reaching into his coin purse. Well... Thank you for joining us, everyone. Hope you enjoyed. <laughs> that was Gunpowder, Treason, No Plots. If you want to get in contact with any of us, I am on Twitter at, at @treasonno. My players are there with their player names and GTMP at the end of it. We also now have a Patreon at patreon.com GTMP, and we have a WordPress website and Facebook group full of lots of goodies. So I will hand you over to my co-hosts to say their own goodbyes. As usual, if you've enjoyed hearing my voice... As much as I enjoy hearing my own voice, you can find me on the Lost Art Podcasting and the Lost Art Wrestling Podcast. They're available on all good podcast providers, and you can follow them on Twitter at Lost Art Podcast and at LOW Podcast. And maybe one day you will find me in the Red Car Cafe on Red Car Business Estate in Preston, Lancashire, the UK. I'm just waiting in case you're going to say anything else, but no. No. Are they actually open now? Are they one meter apart? Yes. Way! A limited number of seats. Hey, hey, that's awesome. Head over there now. <laughs> Why wait? Listen to more podcasts on your way. <laughs> um, it might be a long drive to Preston from wherever you are. Uh, and if you like to hear more from me, I'm afraid, as usual, you can't. And I have absolutely nothing to say tonight, so I'm going to pass you straight over to Flo. <laughs> <laughs> you lazy bastard. Yeah, uh, fuck you. Uh, I don't give a shit. <laughs> you go fuck Kroger. <laughs> You're just well. jealous. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, Tommy's not not had any yet at all in the last three weeks. <laughs> Doesn't even have time to go and visit a hooker. <laughs> Tommy's just having bad times all over the place. Oh man, he is frustrated. <laughs> Uh, today's episode's been given to you by the letter Q, as in Quipper. It's a carnivorous fish with sharp teeth, 
Crippers are adept at any aquatic environment, including cold subterranean lakes. So stay out of the water. Hmm. It's a weird one, isn't it? It Did you know anything about that? Not off the top of my head, no. Hmm. Well, stay away from lakes now, guys. Yeah. Yeah. No lakes, no water, no boats. Boats! (laughs) Boats. Uh, Well, thank you for joining us, everyone. We'll see you all next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. See ya. Unnecessary Evil is the source for all things evil. Whether it's tips to write a better villain or tips on how to be a better villain. Part of the Necropodicon Network. Necropodicon. Hard to pronounce. Easy to listen. Thank you to Sirenscape for some of the music and sound effects that you heard within this podcast. They do amazing atmosphere and music, so make sure to check them out at www.sirenscape.com. Epic games need epic music.